Hello, and welcome to the Dissident Daughters podcast. I am Ada, and I am back for 2023. Woohoo! It was a nice little break. How did you guys all do over the holidays? Did you have a nice holiday break? Did you get to relax? Did you get to be with your family and friends and have a good time? I know I did. It was really interesting this year because this was the very first year and I've been out for almost four years now. No, actually, no, it's been almost three years now. Uh, And this was the first holiday season that I didn't feel triggered by Jesus stuff or, you know, religious stuff. I really just for the first time felt really good about just celebrating you know, a holiday where we spend time with family and friends and we give gifts. And it was just, it was just really delightful. Even my mom asked me, she said, well, if you don't believe in Jesus, why do you celebrate Christmas? And I thought that was a really snotty remark, to be honest. (laughs) It's like, um, Christmas isn't really Jesus's birthday anyways. It's a holiday that you stole from the pagans. So anyways, Um, No, I just had to laugh at that because, sorry, but there is some real ignorance in that comment. And um, I just, I think my response to her at the time was, you know, all it is is to spend time with family and friends and um, to feel loved and to give love. And that's it. That's all that's important to me at this point in my life. So anyways, our holidays were pretty chill Um, We didn't do a lot of outside activities. We literally spent a bunch of time watching movies, doing puzzles, playing games, and eating lots of food. Uh, Pretty much ate ourselves to death. Um, But it was really fun. I had my college daughters home more. My my one son, he's he's away in the military, and so we didn't get to see him. He didn't get to come home for Christmas, but we did get to have several conversations with him, and uh, he seemed to be doing really well. So it was good. It was just all around a really good holiday right after Christmas, um, or I, I actually should say uh, on New Year's Day, we went down to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before, but my husband and I are huge Ute fans, And we have been, I don't know, we've been um, season ticket holders for 20 plus years. I don't know how many. So last year we went to the Rose Bowl and last year we went to the Pac-12 championship. And this year uh, my husband went to the Pac-12 championship. I wasn't able to because of work stuff and life stuff. But um, I, when they made it into the Rose Bowl, I was like, damn sure going to go. So we went ahead and went. And, you know, I I don't really want to talk about it because it sucked, but... Um, the trip itself was fun. We got to get away for a few days. and um, But other than that, the game sucked and it was cold and rainy the whole time we were in California, which, hello, you go to California to get some sun, right? No, there was no sun. We didn't see the sun the entire time we were there. So that was kind of a bummer, but that's okay. Um, it was a good time anyways. So with the new year, you know, I don't know if this is a very Mormon thing, but I know my growing up experience was always very, very centered when New Year's Eve or when New Year's came around that we spent time writing down goals and resolutions and 
it does seem to be, I very much was taught this, you know, in young women's, we have all the goals and, and personal progress stuff. And my mom was super goal oriented. She always, you know, had us, uh, write down things that we wanted to accomplish and, and all this kind of stuff. And so when I left the church, I really started to feel a resentment and gosh, I just really recoiled at the thought of making resolutions and goals. And maybe that doesn't happen to everybody, but for me, it was very like, I just wanted to reject the whole idea because that felt like it was very connected to Mormonism and I didn't want anything to do with it. And I mean, I still kind of feel that way. I'm, I'm slowly getting over the, the aversion to it a little bit, but, but honestly, like, it's it's difficult to separate those two things. Um, and, I, and I think it's because, you know, in Mormonism, we always we're always striving. Right. And when I left the church, I was like, I do not want to strive anymore. I'm done striving. I'm over it. Um, I am worthy and good enough <laughs> as I am. And I just didn't want to keep striving. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. How, you know, are you guys with me? How many of you are just tired? How many of you are just done trying to prove your worth, trying to become more perfect or a better version of yourself? I mean, why isn't the version of ourselves that we have right now just goddamn good enough, right? Like that's been kind of my attitude. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a good attitude to have or not, but that's the attitude I have. So um, I had to laugh because I saw a, a, a meme this year right after the new year that said it was titled Achievable New Year's Resolutions for 2023. Number one, get older. Number two, gain weight. Number three, do stuff. Number four, drink coffee. And number five, try not to die. <laughs> And I thought, wow, that is some resolutions I can get on board with. <laughs> That's basically all I'm doing anyways. <laughs> this is already stuff I'm accomplishing. So it's great. Um, but what if the only resolution you make is just to love yourself more? That just really resonates with me because I feel like that's what I've been doing in the rejection of New Year's resolutions. It's been more about just can I just love myself exactly as I am and stop striving to be something more and something better and something different? Um, why can't I just be, you know, me and be good enough, right? And then I got this beautiful message from Amy Logan. You guys know how much I freaking love this woman. Her message to me was, as you head into the new year, how can you learn to be more compassionate with yourself, because that is how we move through any pain we experience in life. Compassion, right? And then she goes on, choose to be kind to yourself this new year. How different would life be for you if you made that one change? Throw your New Year's list away. They come from a place of patriarchy and religion and the need to be perfect. We don't do perfect anymore. It is not really a thing anyways. Love yourself that is all you have to do. When you do that, everything else falls into place. Oh, I read that and I was like, thank God for Amy Logan, right? I mean, 
she she just hit the nail on the head. That was exactly the way I was feeling and exactly the experience I was having was, you know, this whole resolution thing is tied to patriarchy and my religion and I just don't want to do it anymore. I just want to be comfortable in my own skin, love myself the way I am and be the best version of myself. Obviously, it's not like I want to just, you know, not do anything or accomplish anything with my life. But the whole idea of resolutions and goals is like trying to perfect yourself. And I'm over it. I'm just so over it. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to do it anymore. So when I got that message from Amy, I just love her. She's just seriously the best. So I'm still in that um, place of it's it's interesting to me because every I don't think a single day goes by where I don't kind of reflect on where I'm at, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like I'm constantly in the thick of deconstructing every single day. I think, um, you know, every day, like how different my life is um, from, you know, four or five years ago. I am constantly, constantly grateful for, you know, the space that I'm in right now today and how good I feel about life and about my relationships and the direction my life is going and the direction my kids' lives are going. Like, I just could not be more happy about all of those things and about the the changes I've made um, personally and the the work I've done to deconstruct my prior beliefs. And it is a lot of work because, like I said, every single day, the thought crosses my mind of like, is that my Mormon brain thinking? Is that something that I learned in Mormonism? Or am I thinking this way because of something the patriarchy has, you know, drilled into my head? And then I try to, you know, navigate away from that and think, well, how do I actually feel? And what do I actually want to do? And what actually resonates with me and makes me feel good? What what feels right and good and the most true in my heart right now today? And I am really learning to listen to my own gut to listen to, you know, my inner knowing, my instinct, and to stop like falling back on what does society say I should do? Or what do the men say I should do? I'm just so goddamn sick of the patriarchy. I could scream, right? I just notice it. That's the thing. It's the noticing. It's the, um, it's the paying attention. Because, you know, five years ago in the church, well, maybe not five years ago, because I was already deconstructing, but 10 years ago, let's go back 10 years in the church, I would have said to you that I was incredibly happy, that I was not being oppressed, that the patriarchy was important and good. And the only reason it was put in place is because that was God's system, that God needed these men to lead us and that they were very important and that we needed them in order to know how to live our lives and blah, 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 right? I would have 100% told you that patriarchy and religion was needed for me personally and for the whole world, right? 
I would have told you that people who didn't have religion were lost and didn't have morals and all of these things. I was just so blind. I was so ignorant. And it, it just, on a daily basis, I realize how much my eyes are opened. Not that I think I know everything now, but it's really interesting to compare how I feel now with that old me and to recognize how much, how much more open my heart and mind are. And I do genuinely feel like I'm in a wiser, healthier space than I ever was before. And it, and it is a constant work that I'm putting in. I'm still, you know, working through lots of stuff. Of course, that's, that's just part of life. That's going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be doing that. It's not like at some point I'm going to be like, oh, well, I've arrived, you know, I've arrived in the space. Um, but when I was Mormon, I thought that was a thing. I thought at some point there would be a moment where I said, I have arrived. And now I recognize that that's just not possible. <laughs> That's not a thing, you guys. <laughs> There's no, you know, arriving. But ooh, one thing that I wanted to share with you. So I I um was on a podcast this past week uh called Mormon News Roundup, and that was kind of a fun adventure. Um I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast. I think they've been around maybe about a year. Uh, as well. And um, that was really fun to be on their podcast and to go through like they what they do is they do news stories for the week. And every single week they round up, you know, whatever things have been happening in the news uh, pertaining to Mormonism or religion or Utah. And and they just talk about them. And they asked me to be a guest on there. And that was really fun to do. So if you want to go check that one out, it uh, it just came out this past week. I've also got a bunch of fun things lined up for this new year. I am way excited to be starting kind of, I think I'm going to do a series on this topic because it is near and dear to my heart, but um, I am doing some interviews and some episodes with a girl named Sarah Newcomb and she has, she runs a blog called Lamanite Truth and she is kind of an expert in this field. I'm super fascinated with the intersection of Mormonism and indigenous people. And so I interviewed her. I've got an, an episode coming out next right after this one of an interview with her, but I am going to be doing a bunch more episodes with her because this topic is number one, it's near and dear to my heart. Number two, it is very complex and there are so many facets of it that you don't even realize how interconnected um, this this topic is of colonialism and, you know, white settlers and how, you know, they affected the indigenous people who were here for thousands of years. And the idea that Joseph Smith taught about indigenous people being the Lamanites from the Book of Mormon is just 100% bogus bullshit. We know that from DNA evidence that we have now. And um, so I've just kind of been taking a deep dive in the last few months. I've really been studying this topic. Uh, thanks to Sarah, 
because I've been reading everything I can get my hands on. And she's given me lots of, lots of things to read. And, and her blog, of course, is super, super helpful. So if you have any interest in this topic, check it out and um, make sure to listen to the next episode that will be coming up in a few days with her. It's a really, it's just a really fun conversation. Um, but like I said, I'm probably going to be doing a series with her where, uh, you know, we might do an episode, I don't know, maybe even once a month with her uh, if, if she's got time to do that. But there is just so much stuff to cover. I also have some other fun guests coming up. I know this past year, um, some of the people that I've had on have just become near and dear friends of mine that um, that I definitely want to have on again. So um, I've talked with Rachel from Parenting After Mormonism, and we are going to do some more episodes as well as Nancy, my good friend, Nancy. We've got something coming up that we're working on right now. So there's just a lot of fun stuff that is coming up in the new year. Uh, I'm going to be hitting my year mark on this podcast next month. Isn't that weird? It feels like this year has gone by really, really fast. And um, I've kind of, since my one year mark is coming up and maybe just because it's a new year, I've just been reflecting, right? That's kind of just ingrained in me. Um, but, you know, as I've gone back and kind of reflected on the different episodes that I've done, um, it's it's interesting how quickly I forget how many what things I've talked about. And um, but also like, I mean, there are some episodes that I'm to be totally honest with you, there are episodes that I'm kind of embarrassed about that I'm like, oh man, why did I say that? Or, you know, that was a weird space I was in that week, you know, the stuff that I said and blah, blah, blah. But instead of like editing myself and you know, making it look perfect and pretty and beautiful and wonderful for the world to consume. Um, I just really, I kind of love the authenticity of it because that's just real. That's been part of my, my process. That's been part of my journey. There's been ugly parts and, um, you know, this podcast is not always perfectly polished and it's not always perfectly presented, but you know, if, if you don't recognize anything else, you at least recognize that I'm on this journey with everyone else. And there's, you know, there's great and happy and wonderful parts and there's angry, mad and sad parts. And there's definitely parts that are not polished and, and not uh, perfectly presented. And there's probably things that I've even regretted saying. I don't know. I, I can't go back and listen to all the episodes. I don't like listening to them. After I've edited them, I'm like, I'm done. I can't, I can't listen to one more thing. So I, I think I end up like forgetting a lot of the things that I've even talked about. But, you know, that, that, oh gosh, that urge to like present myself perfectly is so ingrained in me from Mormonism, right? And so it's, it's like kind of a knee jerk or instinctual reaction to like, oh, let's go back and change that episode or let's go back and edit that out or delete the whole episode altogether. In fact, I, I have a confession. Um, probably after I had done maybe like 10 or 15 episodes, I went back to the first two episodes and I did re-listen and I was so stressed out about things that I said 
about like my mom or my sisters or I, I can't even remember. I know specifically about my mom. I was so worried that like, oh my gosh, if people, you know, heard me say that about my mom or what if my mom listens or I just started like going down this, you know, rabbit hole of anxiety and stress about what other people would think about what I said or what my mom would think about what I said. And I totally re-edited those episodes. It's so embarrassing to admit that, but also it's just, this is something that I have constantly, you know, fought with about, you know, perfecting myself, trying to make everything look pretty and always trying to be better. And, but since that, I have quit doing that. Clearly, I I can't stand it. I can't go back and do that on every single episode and like retouch it up or cut out things that I that I now cringe at. I just have to be okay with the cringy. I just have to be okay with it. I have to accept it as that's part of my journey. That's what I've gone through. That's the honest truth at the time that I recorded. That's how I felt. That is exactly, you know, just me. I'm putting myself out there. And I'm not going to apologize for it, even though I definitely do sometimes. I find myself apologizing. But, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to apologize for who I am and what I am and how I present myself because it's just part of my it's just part of my experience. And I also kind of went back to, okay. What? Because it's taken me a whole year to really um, settle into what my podcast is, what I want it to accomplish, why I'm here, what I'm doing, all of that kind of stuff. And the reason why I, I called it Dissident Daughters is because, number one, a dissident is somebody who challenges an established political or religious system or challenges a doctrine, belief, policy, or institution. And that just is such a perfect uh, description of what I feel like I am doing. I am a challenger of this entire institution, of the patriarchy, of the doctrine, of this belief, of all the things that I've been taught. I just want to challenge it. And then on top of that, I really love the idea of giving women more space, more opportunity to share their voices. And so I know some of these episodes are just me. Uh, it's just one woman sharing and and putting myself out there. But in in a lot of episodes, I've had other women on, my daughters included, other women who are in this space who are who are learning and growing post Mormonism, and it's just been a really beautiful opportunity to make this space available to more and more and more women. And I just personally love it. And hope that it is becoming what I really envisioned from the beginning. And that is just a space to challenge the church, the patriarchy in general, all of our past beliefs about who we were supposed to be and what we were supposed to become and how we're, you know, constantly working and striving for our worth and for our perfection. And I just want to you know, completely blow the lid off that and have that not be something that is constantly in our minds, just essentially taking a huge toll on us emotionally, mentally, and physically. 
Um, that's what I see now when I look at Mormonism is I see a lot of exhausted women, women who are just working their asses off to prove that they're good enough. And uh, that's what I was doing. I was there in that space and I didn't even recognize it. You guys, I did not see it for what it was. I saw myself happy to constantly be striving. And now that I'm no longer striving, I'm so much happier. It's so much better. I just can't even like emphasize that point enough. And if you are in the beginning stages of your faith crisis or deconstruction, and you are not feeling this yet, you are not feeling the liberation. Maybe you are, you know, where I was a couple years ago in just the depths of despair and angriness and sadness and disillusionment and betrayal and all of those things. Just know that there is happiness ahead. I want you to know that if you're not in that space yet, you will be. I promise. Just keep going, putting one step in front of the other, accepting yourself as you are, loving yourself more every day, being kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. Go back and think of that 19-year-old self who went to the temple and got married way too young and who felt all the pressure of being perfect and and who felt that they were only good for one thing, and that was marriage and babies, you know? Go back and be kind to that person. That is kind of where the healing comes in, is recognizing the, the hard things that you've been through and the places that you've come from, and giving that older version of you more grace and more love and acceptance. And I promise that, as this journey unfolds, it just gets better and better and better. And when you find that space of peace, it's going to be easy to hang on to. You're just, you're not going to be constantly striving for it. I promise. It's, it's just a beautiful space to be in. And I'm not saying that there aren't hard things. I mean, I still live a regular life where there are definitely hard things, but the contrast of where I came from to now is just, it's night and day. I have a completely different life than I had five years ago. And in all of the best ways, all of the best ways. It just makes me so grateful and hopeful. That's the other thing is I just have so much hope for the future. Like the, my path is wide just sprawling out in front of me and I can take it in any direction I want. I can do anything I want. Guess what? The path is not narrow and straight. It's anything but narrow and straight. It is your own path. It is your own journey. You get to make it whatever the hell you want and fuck the church for telling you otherwise. That's what I have to say about that. It is nobody else's um, job to tell you what your life should look like. It takes work to learn how to listen to your own knowing when you've been taught not to do that your whole life. 
So while you're doing that work, it can be difficult to know what you want to do with your life. And and for some people, they really kind of feel like they're floundering for a bit because they don't know how to listen to their own knowing. But I promise you, as you work at it, it gets easier and easier. And you don't have to be afraid of making mistakes, taking a wrong step in the wrong direction. Guess what? There is no wrong direction. Everything is a learning process. Everything is working towards you know, more knowledge, more understanding, more wisdom. And the more you practice just listening to yourself, the better you will feel about it. And every step in any direction is good for you. I really, truly believe that, that it all just works together for your own good, even if you fail at something. Even if you take, you know, you start going one direction and then you go, oh, this really wasn't the right direction. I screwed up. Guess what? That's okay. Just turn the other direction and start going the other way if you'd like to. You know, if you want to make a change, make the change. Do something different. Just because you've always done something doesn't mean you should keep doing that thing. If it's not feeling right in your bones, do something different. Do a different thing. You know, I have two daughters in college right now. And one of them really hasn't fully figured out what she wants to do with her life, which is laughable that, you know, I laugh because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life ever. I I, I still don't think I know. <laughs> um, I was one of those kids who really couldn't figure out what my passion was, honestly, I didn't, there were some of my friends just really knew what they wanted to do. They knew what they wanted to major in in school. They knew, I don't know, they just felt more sense of direction, or at least that was my perception, right? They may not have told me that they felt that, but I thought everyone else has it figured out but me. I don't know what I love. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I want to do. And so I kind of fell back on just, the idea of like, well, I'm just supposed to be a mother. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's where I put all of my work into it. And granted, I love being a mother and not everyone does. Um, and but, you know, if you do not know, <laughs> if you don't feel a great sense of direction about what you love and what you want to be and what you want to accomplish, join the club. We're so many of us are in that space. And I try to just reassure my daughter that like, it's totally fine. If you don't know what you want to do, it's totally fine. Try something. If you're interested in something, try it. Give it a shot. See if you love it. And if you don't, move on to the next thing. Try the next thing. It's totally fine. You don't need to put so much pressure on yourself to find your passion, to find your life's purpose at the age of freaking 19. Okay? 19 is too young to, you know, even know. Although I'm sure there's plenty of people who know exactly what they want to do at 19. And that's amazing. I love that for them. But if you don't know, it's okay. It is okay. And if you're 40 and you still don't know what what you want to do, guess what? It is okay. Just keep figuring it out. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep listening to your inner knowing. And that inner knowing might be hidden so buried deep because 
of the patriarchy because of the religion you were raised in, that you bought into, that you were indoctrinated to believe. That inner knowing may not even know how to speak up yet. And so you got to give it time. And it's like a muscle that you exercise and then it becomes stronger and louder and more obvious as you exercise it. So just keep doing it. You're doing amazing. This year is going to be the best year yet, right? It's, I mean, it's just life just keeps getting better and better and better. And if you're going through really hard things now that I know a lot of people are, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You can totally do this. You got this. You are 100% capable. I know it. You are good enough. You are worthy. You've always been worthy. You've always been. You've never had to try to strive for worthiness. Never. That was a lie that you were taught. It was never true. And it's not true now. So just keep doing what you're doing. Fighting like hell against the patriarchy. (laughs) And life is going to be good. I just feel so confident and so hopeful in that. If there's anybody out there that wants to come on the podcast, women, please. (laughs) This is a space for women's voices. I love that I have a lot of men listeners. I'm actually super surprised how much feedback I get from men listeners. I love it. I want men here to listen and to hear our voices and to see a new perspective, possibly. Um, Especially men who've been in the church. They are not used to hearing from women very often. I feel like women have never been the authority or the speakers, the people who've been in the front, you know, saying all the words. And so I think it's really good for men. And I love that you're here and that you're listening. And I get so much great feedback for them. So thank you for that. I really, really, honestly appreciate it so much. Um, And if you are a woman who wants to share your story and, you know, if you want to feel empowered by speaking up and telling your story, I would love for you to reach out to me. I would love for you to come on this podcast, tell your story, speak up, say whatever you want to say. It's really interesting how empowering it is to be able to get my voice out there. I don't know why. I don't like hearing my own voice. I don't necessarily think that I have anything important to say, but even just saying whatever is on my mind feels empowering. It's actually just making me feel stronger and more capable. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't even explain what it is. I'm I'm not a smart person. I don't have any more wisdom than anybody else. I'm just a regular person. There is nothing special about me. And in some ways, you know, like I resist that idea because we've always been taught we're special. We're special. Guess what? None of us are special. <laughs> We're all just living life. We're all just humans on this path. And I'm not any more special than anyone else. We all have incredible worth and value and our lives are important and we can make a difference in our own sphere of influence. Maybe, you know, we're not going to necessarily change the whole world, but guess what? I've changed my little world. I've changed the lives of my daughters and my son. And 
thank God for that because they are going to be on a new trajectory. No, not thank God for that. That's just a saying. I don't thank God for that. I thank my own damn self for that. I did that. And I'm really proud of it. And the fact that I'm putting in the work and I'm changing the the little tiny section of the world that I can um, means a lot to me. And I feel good about it. So anyways, I've rambled on way too long already. I just want to kind of, you know, give this New Year's message of, you know, you don't need resolutions. All you need is to just keep loving yourself, loving yourself through all of it, through the messy parts, through thick and thin. We're all going to get to that place of peace and healing and love of ourselves. Just love yourself more every day. Just keep striving to love yourself. That's really all you have to do because like Amy Logan said, everything else just falls into place. And I loved that message and I love her and I love all my listeners. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for the donations that we've received and for following and subscribing and liking. And I would love it if you put um, a review uh, on whatever podcast uh, platform you listen to. Um, Go ahead and put in a review. I would love to hear thoughts and um, comments. I love, you know, follow me on Instagram. I haven't posted on Instagram. You guys, I, I, I've mentioned this so many times. I'm so overwhelmed by Instagram. I don't even know how to use it. I try to post stuff when I can, but <laughs> I've completely ignored it for the last month. I'll try. Okay. I'm, I'm still trying. I'm still a work in progress, but I appreciate all the feedback um, get on, uh, your, well, if you don't already subscribe to my podcast, subscribe to it. If you listen to me on YouTube, give me a like and a, a review, a comment, whatever. And if you feel so inclined and would like to donate, I really appreciate donations. If you can set up a monthly donation, you can set up a monthly donation of like five bucks. You won't even notice that, you know, it goes out of your bank account, but it's just automatic And it's so helpful for the podcast. I really appreciate everybody who has donated this past year. And I hope to be able to receive more donations going forward just as this podcast is growing. It does take a significant amount of time to record and edit and to get guests and to research and to do the work of like getting some good content out there. Um, And so I just, you know, to be able to pay people for the work they do, if if this podcast has been helpful to you, I just appreciate it so much. Donations are always needed and and appreciated. So you can go to dissidentdaughters.org to donate. You can also go to mormondiscussions.org and no, mormondiscussionspodcast.org and donate there as well. So I love you all. Thank you all for the support over the past year. And let's have an awesome 2023. Um, It's going to be amazing. Everybody just keep doing what you're doing. And I'll be back soon. Okay. Love you. Bye.